This is Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine, and I'm John Wiener. We're still thinking about the Mueller report. Although the special counsel did not find evidence of conspiracy between Trump and the Russians, he did find a lot of evidence of obstruction of justice. He looked at 10 separate acts and found that eight of them satisfied the Justice Department's three criteria for charging someone with a crime. Mueller didn't do that because of that Justice Department legal opinion that a sitting president cannot be indicted for a crime. But Mueller did make it clear that Congress can charge a president with obstruction of justice. The question is, should they? For comment and analysis, we turn to Joshua Holland. He's a regular contributor to the nation. Joshua, welcome back. Hey, John. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. A lot of our friends say there's no point in impeachment hearings since the Senate will never convict. They say the Democrats should focus instead on the bread and butter issues that voters really care about, health care, higher wages, free college tuition. That's the way to defeat Trump, not with impeachment hearings. What do you say? The first thing that I think is really important to understand is that this isn't strictly about the Mueller report. The third article of impeachment against Richard Nixon was for refusing to provide materials to congressional oversight committees that had um, given them lawful subpoenas. So when we're talking about this, I don't think that we should consider this in isolation as a response to the Mueller report. I think that what we have to understand is that since the Mueller report came out with Democrats signaling that they're wary of impeachment, Trump has increased his lawlessness. He has ordered multiple officials to break the law. He told his nominee for the head of of DHS that if he violated the law in keeping refugees out, he would pardon him. He's instructed his Treasury secretary to violate clear black letter law about handing over his tax returns to uh, the appropriate congressional committees. What we have to think about is that impunity always breeds more lawlessness. And this is the thing, we're not dealing just with what happened as Trump clearly tried to obstruct justice with the Russia Gate investigation. We have to look at what's happening now. And really, there are not a lot of good options available. Let's talk about what the Mueller report actually says about obstruction of justice of the Russia Gate investigation. What is the case that Mueller made? Well, as you mentioned in the introduction, they looked at 10 apparent instances of, 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 of obstruction of justice. And I should clarify, these weren't just instances. These were also uh, fact patterns. So they looked at a lot of actions that the president took to derail the investigation, to get people to give false testimony to Congress, to mislead the public, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Obviously, some of these were done in plain sight. He fired his former FBI director, Comey, and and told Lester Holt that it was for the because of of Russia. And what the special counsel said is that 
their declension, their decision not to prosecute was not a typical declension because he is the president of the United States. And I think that Robert Mueller made it very clear that he understood his role to be fact-finding, establishing a, a, a factual record, and that it is Congress's constitutional role to determine how to respond to the president's lawlessness. What about the argument made by some of our friends that beginning impeachment proceedings is playing into Trump's hands? He will argue that Mueller said there was no collusion and that means Trump is right and the Democrats are just harassing him. It's a mistake, according to this argument, to make it all about Trump. That's the way he likes it. He's shown he's very good at playing that game. And it's really much more effective for Democrats to focus on what they will do if they win in 2020? I would respond to that in a a couple of ways. First of all, there has been a very clear pattern when we are talking about Trump's abuses of power, his ratings drop to the bottom of the kind of range in which they've bounced around for two and a half years. I would also point out that, you know, I, I don't really agree with the premise that it's one or the other. I think that the presidential candidates should absolutely be talking about their agendas for, you know, making people's lives better. Meanwhile, in Congress, you can be holding hearings that damage the president potentially, that have the potential to damage the president. And those things can happen simultaneously. They're not mutually exclusive at all. Finally, I would say that it's important to understand that millions and millions of people do not know what Robert Mueller found because they're viewing the report through their preferred media outlets. If you watch Fox News, you think that it was total exoneration. There's no questions anymore. And I think that Nancy Pelosi was right when she said that Democrats could gain the same information in regular congressional hearings as they would in an impeachment inquiry or impeachment hearings. And I think that what she doesn't understand is that the idea that we need spectacle to break through all of the noise. The difference is that if you put the word impeachment in front of that hearing, it might be that you're calling the same witnesses, But instead of having, you know, political nerds, political junkies tune in, you will have must-see TV. All of the cable networks would carry it live. And tens of millions of Americans would have an opportunity to hear from the witnesses and to see the evidence without that filter. And I think this is really important to understand. For me, it's a, a central argument. Another argument against these hearings is that it might actually fire up Trump's base and unite the Republicans. People say, look what happened to the Republicans when they impeached Bill Clinton in the late 1990s. He came out at the end more popular than he had been at the beginning. And Democrats have to consider that possibility. What do you think about that? Well, for me, it's um, it's a superficial analogy. The, the reality is that Bill Clinton was impeached for lying about sex. I think most adults have done that at one point or another in their lives, right? Let's let's not kid ourselves. And the other factor that it's important to understand is that Bill Clinton was a very popular president. At that time, at late 1998, when they impeached him, when the Star Report came out, his approval rate was 63%. His disapproval rate was 34%. And 
his approval rate had only dropped below 60% in three of the 17 Gallup polls in the preceding year. Trump is a completely different story, not only on the on the matter of popularity, he is a very unpopular president, but also because these are serious matters. This is not about lying about sex. These This is about the president of the United States who is constitutionally bound to take care that the laws are faithfully enforced, ignoring those laws and undermining the rule of law time and time and time again. And that's a very, very different situation. The other point that I would make is that I believe that Trump's diehard cultist fans are going to be motivated regardless. And I think that what people what people need to consider is the other side of that equation and consider how demoralizing it would be for the Democratic base to be told, okay, we, we told you for two years that you needed to wait for the Mueller report to come out. And now that it is has come out and he's found abundant evidence of lawlessness, we will just sit on our hands because we are we are worried about the politics of it. And I think that is is demoralizing. I also think it would be demoralizing to have Trump tout the fact that he is he is above the law and that that the Democrats could not take him down for the next 18 months. I mean, he's going to be rubbing it in their faces. And yet only about 40 percent of Americans currently are in favor of impeachment hearings. Isn't that reason enough not to do it? Well, I would go back to the to the fact that there just aren't a lot of options for reining in a lawless president. And sometimes you have to think about the bigger picture rather than kind of short term polling realities. And and the bigger picture is that if we signal to Trump that he won't face any consequences, it will continue to get worse. And it will signal to to future presidents that as long as the other party doesn't control both chambers of Congress, they can do whatever they want and will never face consequences. I would also add that at the beginning of the process of impeaching Richard Nixon, 19% of the public supported that process. So the support for impeaching Trump is twice what it was at the beginning of, of the process with Richard Nixon. At the end of the process with Richard Nixon, when he resigned from office, and it was clear that that he would, if he did not resign, he would be voted out. The level of support had tripled to 58%. So for me, the importance of having these extremely prominent must-watch hearings is that it can shift public opinion rather than worrying about where the public opinion is right now. So the Democrats' presidential candidates should talk about how they would improve people's lives while Democrats in the House hold hearings that reveal the full extent of Trump's crimes. You can read Joshua Holland's argument for impeachment hearings at thenation.com. Joshua, thanks for talking with us today. You've convinced me. Thanks so much for having me, John. I appreciate it. You've been listening to Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine. You can hear more interviews like this one at thenation.com, and you can subscribe to Start Making Sense at iTunes Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Wiener. Thanks for listening. 